This is episode number 59, my travel tips to staying healthy and eating healthy. Welcome or welcome back to the Sonia Looney Show. I'm so glad you're here. And if you're just tuning in for the first time, special welcome to you. This is a podcast about how to live a high performance life, spanning the categories of mindset, plant-based nutrition, and inspiring stories to help you be better and feel better. How are your Independence Day celebrations? If you're American, it was the 4th of July. If you're Canadian, it was the 1st of July. And if there are Independence Days in other countries that I've missed, please let me know because I actually don't know about them. But I love Independence Day because everybody's in a good mood. There's live music. There's fireworks. We celebrated Canada Day this year because we were in Canada and we walked downtown and there was some great music and we just got to sit outside in the sun, which was nice and relaxing. My whirlwind of travel has been in full blast. I was in Albuquerque visiting my parents and celebrating my mom's birthday. Then I went to Moab to do a video coaching program, which is something I can't tell you all the details about yet, but it was really hard. It was 110 degrees and it got up to 120 in the desert and we were out there for nine to 11 hours per day. That definitely was one of the harder things that I've done and I'm glad that I've done races in like the Sahara Desert or in Costa Rica where it gets hot because I had to draw off of the inner strength of getting through those races to get through these video shoots. It was hot. I'm heading to Vancouver Island this weekend to celebrate Matt's mom's birthday. So there's a lot of family things happening and it's pretty cool to be able to see family because normally I am traveling so much for racing and for other projects that it's hard to make time for family. So I'm really glad that I get to do that. But my next race is in Poland and I leave really soon in about a week and a half. It's a six day stage race called the Sudeti Challenge. And to be honest, I'm not feeling that amazing about it. I'm excited about the trip itself. It's going to be a great adventure and we're going to get to go to Prague and spend some time in the Czech Republic. But from a fitness perspective, I've been struggling. I am taking on a lot right now. I'm trying to build a lot of different things. And if I'm being totally honest, my training just hasn't been good. I've been riding like 11 hours a week. And when I'm on my bike, I'm tired. So it's not really quality hours. And it's been hard. Like sometimes I think about giving up. Sometimes I think, why am I doing this? And I just want to feel good on my bike. So I just wanted to tell you guys that that happens to everybody. And while it always looks so glamorous, we're all riding our bikes, doing all these crazy things. And everybody must just be living this dream life. I am living a dream life, but it has its challenges. And it it is hard whenever your expectations are to be able to go out and train like a professional athlete. And you just don't have the energy to do it because you've been spending your energy in lots of other places. And if you go back and listen to some of the previous episodes with Dr. Chris Keim, she's done two episodes, actually. My favorite takeaway is that it's about energy management. And just because you might not be riding your bike as much, if your energy is getting pulled in all these other different directions, it sucks away your energy and you only have a finite amount. So how are you going to guard your energy? And that's something that I always need to work on. Before I get into talking about my favorite travel tips, I just wanted to mention a few things. Number one, I just wanted to say thank you so much for your messages and for listening to this podcast. It really helps. It helps a lot because 
podcasts are a lot of work and I love doing them, but whenever I know that it's helping people, it helps me stay motivated to stay on top of it. And I'm really excited about some of the future guests coming up. So thanks so much for listening. If you want to share the show with your friends, you can take a screenshot and share it on social media. Getting the word out just by telling people about it is probably one of the best ways to do it. Another great way in a way that I really sincerely appreciate is if you can leave a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. It only takes a second. If you leave a five-star review, it helps with the searchability of the show and also the credibility of the show. So if you guys want to just take a second to do that, hit pause, just do it right now. I would really appreciate that. How about going on the ultimate mountain bike vacation with me? It's going to be in Bend, Oregon, October 4th through the 7th, and I'm inviting you. We're only accepting 12 people, and there's a few people who have signed up already. The spots are limited, and there's a lot of buzz going on about this, but it's called the Sonia Looney Experience. It's in Bend, Oregon, and I'm partnering with Cog Wild. They are a guiding company and a touring company. They're super professional, so they're going to be leading the rides that we're going to be going on, and there's going to be multiple groups. So if you're a new mountain biker, you can still come to this because there's going to be be a beginner, intermediate, and an advanced group. And the riding is going to be a couple hours per day. And we're going to just ride rad trails and bend. And I think it's going to be cool because it's I'm trying to mimic what a stage race is and just take out the racing and take out the death march part of it. But what I love about stage racing is you get to spend time with cool people for multiple days in a row. And it's a really great way to make friends and build community. We're also going to be doing yoga, food, hotels, speaking. I'm going to be doing a live podcast, a brewery tour. It's just going to be a ton of fun. And Bend, Oregon is such a cool place. If you guys have never been there, I highly recommend it. And hey, maybe you can just come and join me there. So go to sonyalooney.com slash retreats. And it's under the Sonia Looney experience, the Bend edition. And I hope to see you there in October. I also had a new Moxie and Grit sock come out. Moxie and Grit is my apparel company, and right now it's socks, and it's going to be growing over the future. But the newest sock is a Moxie and Grit sock. It actually says Moxie on one and Grit on the other ankle, and there's two different colors. So check it out. Socks are a great gift. Socks are really a fun way to express yourself, and that's why I love socks personally. So go to moxieandgrit.com. Make sure you check out our social media. And the last thing before I get into it is I started an Instagram account called the Plant Power Tribe, and we also still have the Facebook group Plant Power Tribe. The Facebook group is a community page, so everybody can post there. And I don't post too often in there because I don't want to dominate the group. I really, really want it to be a community page where we can all interact with each other. And it's really cool to see the participation in there. But a lot of people want to see what I eat on a day-to-day basis and just get ideas. So I decided to start this Instagram account. And also someone told me that people like following my Instagram because I have lots of rad mountain bike photos and not everybody wants to see photos of amazingly delicious and beautiful plant-based food. So the Plant Power Tribe Instagram is for fun food photos and stories and tips that I'm doing on a daily basis. So I will see you over there as well. And speaking of plant-based, a big part of this podcast is how to eat plant-based while you're traveling, plant-based travel tips. And if you don't eat a plant-based diet, there's a lot of things that are going to be useful for you. It's not just about the food. It's about how to stay healthy, how to feel good, how to stay grounded when you travel. And as you guys know, I travel, I mean, I don't know the exact number of days, but it's over 50% of the time. So I'm on the road a lot. 
I travel around the world multiple times per year. So I have this dialed. I have a lot of different things going on and I figured out how to maximize travel and I'm even still learning new things. So if there's something in this podcast that I didn't mention that you think is really helpful. That's another thing you could do is you could just screenshot the show and write down your favorite travel tips. That's also very welcome. So the first thing is preparation for travel. A lot of times we're afraid that we're going to forget something. So being the geeky engineer type that I am, I have a spreadsheet that's evolved over the years. And there's pretty much everything on that spreadsheet. I don't pack everything on there, but it really helps me and gives me peace of mind whenever I can just go through and check things off. And sometimes I still even forget stuff, but having a spreadsheet with all of your favorite things and all of the most important things is super important. So I'm happy to share that spreadsheet with you. I will try and put it up as a download link in the show notes, and I have shared my travel spreadsheet around before. The next thing is if you're traveling with your bike, make sure you do research in advance because sometimes airlines charge you a lot to travel with your bike and the rules are always changing. So I don't want to say that each airline costs a certain amount because it might change tomorrow, but check in advance because some airlines, they penalize you if it's over 50 pounds. Some airlines, the bike can be up to 70 pounds. Some airlines are more forgiving than others. Some airlines, if you have an international ticket, give you free bike travel. So if you're on a tight budget, and which I normally am, I'm really keeping an eye on costs. And I will sometimes book plane tickets based on the cost of the bike because you can spend up to 400 extra dollars with your bike. So number one, check out the airlines and make sure that you are choosing the best option for bike travel. Another thing is making sure you have a good bike box. So some of the hard cases weigh a lot and you're going to guaranteed be overweight if you have a hard case. I mean, maybe if it's the 70 pound allowance, it might not be overweight, but my bike and my bike box, I have a a soft case. I have an Evoc case. I'm interested in trying some other brands out there as well because I've been using the Evoc one for so long. Um, I choose a light case. And the cool thing about a lot of these cases is people are worried that their bike isn't going to be protected, but I have never once had an incident with my bike and I've been doing this for a really long time. And that's with an Evoc case, but I have never heard of anybody's bike breaking using a bike box or a bike travel bag. But if you go and get a bike cardboard box, which you can get from a bike shop, that is a lot less protective than a bike suitcase. And I think places might even rent those if you don't own one, because they can be quite expensive. Okay, so we have our bags are packed, we've used our spreadsheet, the bike is packed, we were prepared, we know what it's going to cost us. The next thing is preparing for the next day. And a lot of times people have anxiety with travel, just, I don't know, it it just makes you anxious because you're not in control, especially when you're flying. So I actually like to get my clothes out the night before, and I like to choose loose clothing. And I, I think it's funny that people will dress up or wear tight clothing on airplanes because it's just not comfortable. And I I understand that in some situations you need to because you're attending a meeting. But for long travel days, I really like looser, breathable clothing. And I picked those out the day before. Compression socks, I'm kind of on the fence about. I use them sometimes. I don't really know if they actually work or not. I haven't been able to tell a difference other than there's like lines in my legs after I've worn them. So I'd love to hear your opinion on that. But compression socks is something people think about. Whenever possible, I bring my elevated legs with me. They are bulky and can add a lot of weight to your luggage. And you also need to bring a step-down converter if you're going overseas, if you have something like that. But 
the elevated legs, it's, it's basically a compression boot with a motor and there's different brands that you can get as well. But those have been really helpful for recovering from travel because you just get so swollen. And again, I don't know if the actual socks work, but these, I think that these compression boots actually do. And they actually help you also recover from your workouts. I'm a big fan of those. So the food prep, this is a big part of my travel because you're not in control of the food all the time. And, you know, you don't need to eat a ton of food if you're flying, but I don't like the idea of getting hungry on planes. And I've heard people say, oh, like, who cares? Just bring some nuts. But for me, that just doesn't cut it. So what I do is I prepare food in advance or I buy food in advance if I don't have time to prepare it. So a lot of times people think that you're not allowed to bring food through TSA or through security. And you can, um, you're not supposed to bring liquids. So like, don't bring a jar of almond butter, don't bring liquids, but like, if you have rice and veggies and a sauce on there, like that's totally fine. You can bring a sandwich through, you can do all of those things. The TSA kind of changes their rules around. Like there's times where you have to take all your food out. There's been times where I haven't, but I like bringing crunchy things too. Like I like bringing fruit. So yeah, planning ahead and even getting like the disposable Tupperware or like Ziploc thingies, you can use those if you want to and just use them only for travel. But I think having a plan with your food is important and having a backup. So like having some bars or I like to always have a almond butter sandwich as a stash in my bag just in case something happens. Another thing that you can do with travel is I like the app Happy Cow and uh, that's Happy Cow and you can enter in any city that you're going to and it lists you all the places with healthy eating options. So even if you're not a vegan, there's places with like veg options, vegan options, healthy eating, and it just guides you in that direction. And I really think that that's a great resource. Another app that I really like is Yelp and you can just enter in, like for me, I'll enter in vegan, you can enter in healthy food and having that app with the ratings is super, super helpful. I also always look for whole foods if I'm in the United States, because I know that I'm gonna be able to get fresh fruits and vegetables and they're gonna have that buffet and it's going to be reliable. Another go-to is burritos and burritos. Like if you get a veggie burrito with beans and no cheese and a little bit of, of guac and salsa, it's awesome. And it's a really, it'll fill you up and it lasts a long time. So you're in the airport, say you're not on an actual car road trip, but you're in the airport. So how do you figure out where to go eat? So I always look for Mexican restaurants like Qdoba or Chipotle or just any Mexican restaurant because normally they have rice and beans and that's always a good option no matter who you are. So you can check that out. I always look for Asian restaurants. And if it's breakfast, I actually go to Starbucks because their oatmeal is cheap and it's good and that's kind of the go-to and it's healthy. I was just in, where was that? Uh, I think it was the Salt Lake City Airport and they actually had a billboard saying, go to our website and they actually outlined all the vegan and vegetarian options. So if you're a meat eater, worry not. Um, you probably eat a lot of vegetables. You probably are eating all the same things that we're eating. Uh, we meaning plant-based eaters. You just have some meat on top. So like all of us athletes and people who just care about our health, we all eat pretty similarly, so we're probably going to want to go towards the same restaurants. We're probably going to want to have the same strategies with preparing our food in advance before you travel. One thing I do want to caution you about is traveling across international borders, and there's lots of different rules that can be really confusing and grumpy border guards. 
So make sure that you remember that you can't bring any fresh fruits, vegetables, meats, cheeses, things like that whenever you're crossing international borders. And sometimes you forget, so that's kind of sketchy, but if it's cooked, you're good to go. You can bring cooked fruits and vegetables. I've never had a problem with that. So a lot of times I'm traveling between Canada and the US and I will bring like a bowl with cooked vegetables on there and it's super good. On the plane, I always have my own tea, so I like to bring my own travel mug, and I have a little bag of all my favorite teas, because I don't like the tea or the coffee they serve on the plane, and tea can be a really relaxing experience. So for me personally, I really like licorice tea, and I also like ginger green tea. Those are two of my go-tos on the airplane, but you should bring whatever you like, but they always have hot water. They just can't serve hot water during turbulence, and I like having my own mug because it keeps the water hot, and it's more secure if you do encounter turbulence. So having your own tea on the plane is just a really nice feeling. If you're doing overnight, and just in general, actually, I really like having an eye mask. I bring my own, and the brand I like, this is not a sponsored post, but I like Bucky Blink's eye mask. And it just, it, it kind of looks like a bra, actually, for your eyes, because it actually holds the mask kind of cupping your eye, so it's not stuck on your eye whenever you're trying to sleep. And I've actually started using an eye mask at home. I, I don't know if that means that I'm an old lady now, <laughs> but I think an eye mask is a really great way to help monitor the light that comes in, particularly if you're traveling somewhere where you're changing time zones. Even a three-hour time change is, is makes a difference because if you're going you know, to the East Coast, if you're like I live on the West Coast, I like having my eye mask there because it just helps me regulate. Another trip trick is melatonin, and I'm sure you guys have heard of that, but using melatonin to help you get on a sleep cycle, or maybe you're just anxious and you can't sleep. Sometimes I like using melatonin whenever I'm traveling, especially the kind that you dissolve under your tongue. Back to the airplane, sometimes I bring powdered miso, like a miso soup. You can actually get it in a powder, or you can also just get miso paste. Like that's how they make miso soup. You buy miso paste at any health food store or Asian grocery store, and all you have to do is add hot water to it. And if you want to get really fancy, take your little container of miso paste and add some green onions and a little bit of tofu, and boom, you have really good miso soup. The sodium and the probiotics in miso is a really good option when you're traveling, and it just makes you feel really good. When you're in the air and the, you're getting the recycled air and there's all these noises on the plane that you kind of lose that grounding feeling. And that's why sometimes we get anxious in the air. It's like we just want to feel grounded and normal. So that's why I pick tea. That's why I pick miso soup because those things make me feel comforted. Another thing I like to do on planes and even whenever I'm traveling places that are noisy are two things. Number one, I really like noise canceling headphones, the over the ear type. They're a little bit more expensive, but I was really happy when I made the investment in a pair because I use it all the time. And on the plane, it's just so awesome. And I even use it for sleeping. Like earplugs just don't do it for me. They always fall out. And people say, oh, just put them in your ear more. But earplugs always fall out for me. So having those noise canceling over the ear headphones is so helpful for sleeping on a plane. And if you want to take it another step forward or another step further, you can get the app. This is an app I love. It's called Noisly, N-O-I-S-L-I-I. And I first heard of this through Tim Ferriss, actually. I'm a big fan of his podcast and his books. And this app was mentioned, and it's basically your own sound machine that you can custom make. So you open the app, and it has all these different types of sounds you can choose from. And you can make combinations of the sounds, and you can choose the volume, and there's also a sleep timer. So I started using that a lot. Like previously, I would do a sleeping playlist with music, but I found that this sound machine is awesome. And my favorite combination is the sound of rain and crickets. And I've actually started using that at home because sometimes at night, my brain is just going, 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 and I can't fall asleep. 
And if I turn that on, I just listen to it and I just go right to sleep. So I highly recommend that app. And that app again is Noisly. Another thing I do on planes, they are very germy and (laughs) you might not think about this, but I don't think that they disinfect planes very often. Like think about whenever the plane rolls in, you see the crew ground crew get in the plane and they're cleaning up the garbage as fast as they can, but they're not disinfecting anything. So I bring my own little disinfectant wipes and I wipe off everything. I wipe off the tray table. If I'm sitting by the window, I wipe off the whole window. I wipe off all the places that I might touch you'd be surprised. Like think about if the person before you is like coughing and sneezing and sick, you would never have seen them, but their germs would be left over. So that's something that I would recommend getting into the habit of. And if it makes you self-conscious that when other people see you doing that, they're probably just wishing that they had that too. And as athletes, we're all sort of germaphobes. We don't want to get sick. And that is something that I think is really important. (laughs) Sometimes I don't do it and I always wish I had. So have those with you, the disinfectant wipes. So now you have arrived at your destination and you are getting settled into wherever you're going. So I go to stage races a lot. So those are typically six day races and sometimes they're catered, sometimes they aren't, but uh, sometimes they're in foreign countries. So it's hard to always guarantee that you're going to be able to find the things that you really want. So for me personally, my pre-race breakfast is bread and almond butter is really simple, but you can't always find almond butter in foreign countries or even nut butters for that matter. So I always bring my own jar of almond butter in a Ziploc bag and my check luggage. So I always know that I'm going to have breakfast. I also like to bring hemp hearts and nutritional yeast with me because those are good protein sources and also nutritional yeast has vitamin B in it. Um, so I recommend bringing that. And sometimes I even bring pre-made oatmeal and not not pre-cooked, but the kind where you go to the store and you can get it like Bob's Red Mill makes it and there's tons of different brands and I've tried lots of them and they're super good. So those are some things that I bring with me from home. And then when I get there to wherever I'm going, I'll go to find a grocery store. So maybe it's Whole Foods, maybe it's a a health co-op, maybe it's just a, a hippie grocery store in some country. And I'll buy groceries there and I'll take them with me. And a lot of the foods I eat as a plant-based eater don't actually need refrigeration. So it makes it really easy when you're at a race or just at an event. And something that I started doing this year was bringing my own rice cooker. And that might sound really extreme, but it first started with a race I did in Spain. And it was a six-day race or maybe it was a seven-day race in Spain. And I had done it in the past. And the problem with Spain is that People don't eat dinner early. They don't eat dinner until like 9, 10 o'clock at night, but you still have to get up really early to race. So number one, I didn't want to be stuck at the mercy of these restaurants opening. I didn't want to be having my race schedule screwed up because of the restaurants opening so late. And then also when you're in these really small towns and rural places, sometimes it's hard to find healthy food. So like even people that weren't vegan were looking at me and they're like, oh, I wish I would have done that. So, and a lot of times if you're in a hotel, there's a microwave or a tiny fridge that you can put stuff in. So what I did is I would bring a grain of some kind like quinoa or rice and I would cook it. And then it's one of these little, like little mini rice cookers you can get. And then I would have like tofu and veggies and I would just like have it steamed. And then I put like some brags on it or some tamari or even like some salsa and just, there you go. Then you have food to eat and it's awesome and easy. And if you're trying to conserve your energy, you don't have to worry about going out to eat anywhere. And it's, it's awesome. And the only thing I want to warn you about is I almost caused a fire in the hotel in Spain because I didn't think about the step-down converter and it ended up melting the rice cooker and it was smoking. And I was really afraid the smoke alarm for the hotel was going to go off. 
and I wouldn't be able to explain in Spanish what I did. So I melted my rice cooker, but fortunately there was this department store called El Cortez Inglés across the street, and I somehow was able to communicate that I was looking for a rice cooker, and I was able to get one that had a European plug. So the rice cooker is awesome. It was also funny because I thought I was the only one who did that, and then I was on Instagram, and there's this band I like called Mother Mother, and one of the band members' names is Jasmine Parkin, and she also, or she actually lives in Squamish, and I didn't know that she ate a plant-based diet, or maybe she was just trying to eat healthier, but I saw on tour and on her Instagram stories that she was cooking with a rice cooker in her hotel room, so I'm not the only one who does that. Right, The little mini rice cookers are lightweight, so they're not going to bog down your luggage. Another thing you could do, and this is a little bit heavier, but if you're a smoothie person, you could get one of those little Nutribullets and you could put that in your suitcase and then you're always guaranteed to be able to make a smoothie on the fly. Just all you have to have is access to a grocery store. So those are some things that have been really helpful for me with all the different places I've been traveling to, buying food in advance that I can take in my suitcase just in case they might not have it in the country or place, or maybe you don't even have the time, and then having the ability to make stuff in your hotel room if you're somewhere um, where you can't get it. And again, if you're in North America or any a lot of places, use Happy Cow or Yelp, and you can find access to healthy restaurants that are good go-tos, and then you start you start getting used to using that. There's a couple of things I forgot to mention. So number one, just hydration on airplanes. They pressurize the cabin at a higher altitude. I'm not 100% sure if this is accurate, but I think they pressurize the cabin to about 10,000 feet. So being able to drink lots of water, bringing your own water bottle to stay hydrated is awesome. If you want a special drink on the plane, but you don't want to order an alcoholic beverage, I like getting seltzer or soda water with a, a lime in it. Also, you could just have your own lemon water that you bring with you as well. And also in terms of airport terminals, um, there's an, an app called Air Vegan, and I just found out about it. And that's another good way to search for vegan options in airplanes. I have one last little tip that I wanted to tell you guys about, and you can use a tennis ball. I have these little like they're called. I think they might be called Yoga Tune Up is the brand, but there's these balls you can buy. And if you don't want to buy them, just get a tennis ball or even a lacrosse ball. And you can use those as like a foam roller. So when I'm on the plane or in the car on long drives, my back gets really tight, especially in the shoulders. And I'll use the ball and I'll like lean against the, the back of the seat and I'll put the ball in between my back and the seat. And I think that that's really helpful when you're traveling because you get really tight. And also just making sure that you're doing just a little bit of stretching. And the thing with stretching is that we think, oh man, like I got to do yoga class or I got to do this forever, 20 minutes, an hour. But even if you just do one stretch, it makes a difference. So do that. Another thing I also want to add is I always take the stairs in airports because it helps with the blood flow. And I always just feel lazy when I'm on the escalator. So taking the stairs is another good way to move the body whenever you are in between flights. I think that's pretty much it. Uh, basically, the gist of it is it's really easy and simple to eat plant-based while you're traveling. And even at a restaurant, if you don't see a vegan option, you can just ask them to make you something and you can make substitutions. And if you're traveling and it's another language, just use Google Translate and you can usually get the point across. But plant-based foods are simple. They're easy. They're actually the safest thing to eat while you're traveling because there can be some really dicey meats and cheeses. You don't know how they handle and process their meat and cheese in other countries. So yeah, just opt for something that's like a grain or a bread with vegetables. It's really simple. And I hope you guys get a lot of value out of that. And again, if there's something that 
you really like that really helps you a lot when you travel, do a screenshot and, and post it so that I can see it and I'll share it with everybody because it's awesome to get advice and hear what other people are doing too. Maybe there's something that I haven't thought of. I'm sure there are. That's going to wrap it up for this week's episode of the podcast. Next week, I have a sleep expert coming on. So I'm really excited about that. There's a lot of really cool information and it was super cool to get to talk to her. So stay tuned for that. And in the meantime, wishing you all the best success in your training and adventures. And we'll see you back here next week.